I just thought there's like another funny or weird bit in the film where he's um, with his girlfriend and um, he's pointing at the rock and he says, do you see the bit that looks like a heart? And you think that's going to be the end of it. He's just going to say to his girlfriend, hey, it's a heart. And then he's like, well, the climbing route's to the left of that. (laughs) (laughs) Hello and welcome to another Geek Sweat. I am King Dom. I am joined today by my co-hosts, Jay. Hi, everyone. Hi, Jay. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm good as well. Have you watched today's film? I have, I have. Who, 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 who have we got joining us? We are joined today by Stephen. Hello. Stephen, have you watched today's film? I have, yes I have. I did. Recently? Very recently. Incredibly recently. <laughs> Good to hear. You've seen it, that is the main thing. Yeah. And it will be super fresh in your mind. Maybe about 20 minutes fresh. Yeah. So, <laughs> this is a brand new strand. We are parking trailer talk for the moment. It might return with trailers and films in cinemas. Who knows? But we have a brand new strand called Dom's Docs. I'm Dom, and we're going to be talking about documentaries, specifically feature-length documentaries that are shown in the cinema or on streaming platforms. We all know that in recent years, documentaries have had something of a resurgence, and perhaps we'll get into why later on. You know, could be because of the availability of digital, could be because people are looking for new experiences or new stories. But whatever, documentaries have had a resurgence as an art form, and it's about time we talked about them properly on Geek Sweat. So for our inaugural episode of Dom's Docs, we are looking at the 2018 winner of the Oscar for Best Documentary, the extraordinary Free Solo. You know what? I I don't normally watch um, documentaries of this type. I tend to watch science-type documentaries, history and ancient kind of civilization documentaries. So to pick this one up... um, was fairly interesting and um, a little fucked mm. up, in my opinion. But I did enjoy seeing. You mean the story itself? Um. Well. Um. What's the main character's <laughs> main character? Um. Alex. Yeah. The, Alex Honnold. Uh, Alex this Honnold. tells the story of Alex Honnold. It does. And, um, it does. There are some other characters. Yeah. yeah. So. Um. I, I think it's always interesting to kind of study someone. And the way they think and the things that they go through to get where they're going. Um, so I, I did find the documentary interesting. It's not my normal pick. So, yeah, thanks for um, slapping my, my face with it. That's all right. It's all about slapping each other's faces, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Forcing you to watch things you wouldn't normally watch because, you know. Pushing each other out of our comfort zones. This is... But we're I have like, to use the spice of life. Every time now. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Yeah. So I, I right. probably should say, I mention at this time for the viewers that um, the documentary tells the story of the free solo climber Alex Honnold. And by free solo, what that is referring to is climbing a rock with no safety equipment whatsoever. So he's reliant on his hands and his feet and his body to get purchase on the rock, which is incredibly difficult. And dangerous for someone who isn't experienced but there are some other characters there's some um, his friend and idol 
Tommy Caldwell, um, a slightly older climber, who actually has some great quotes and some great insight as well. And there's his girlfriend, Sunny, who... Um, Sunny, yeah. Sunny, Sunny, Sunny? Sunny. Sunny. Yeah. Sunny, I should get that right. Sunny, who struggles to come to terms with, well, both um, his dangerous obsession and the fact that because of Alex's personality, he finds it hard to express affection. And um, she struggles very sincerely and movingly with both over the course of the documentary. And she's very open about that. And they're also um, the um, directors themselves, um, Jimmy Chin, who is one of the co-directors, along with his wife, um, whose name I'll mention in a minute, um, actually appears as a character in the film, as do some of the other camera operators, and they're discussing how to shoot it, because there's obviously a moral obligation. Yeah, but also um, the, the, the film crew are actually climbers themselves as well. So Yes, yes, they are, which is a... Uh, a new um, element, and I'll, I'll say the name of the co-director. Um, I hope I don't mangle this too much. The co-director is Elizabeth Chai. I'm okay with Elizabeth. I wasn't worried about that bit. Elizabeth Chai, Vasa Helyi, but those two, Jimmy Chin and Elizabeth Chai, Vasa Helyi, are the co-directors of this film. And producers, too. So, and producers, yeah, mm. and who deserve a lot of the credit for both the access to the subject and the formal invention that they bring to it and the editing. They, well, they didn't do the editing, but they must have supervised it. And we'll talk about that later on because the editing's great as well. So Stephen, what did you make of this in general? Yeah. I mean, I've kind of, it, it's, um, it was good to watch because I've, I've been getting into kind of, mountaineering this year not myself um but i've been reading i've been reading about kind of um the himalayas and um early attempts at climbing uh everest or um dagamufa as i should call it um so i've been kind of it's, it's a recent thing I, i've been getting into and so this was kind of like in that ballpark that i could oh yeah that's interesting um, I, I could have done with less of his kind of life and more kind of showing the actual plan to get up the rock and kind of explanations about different bits on it. But I, I, I understand that it's for a mass audience and that they probably wouldn't be that interested in, in a too technical thing. But no, I thought it was a fantastic mm. um, hour and a half. Great. So um, the bit about um, the relationship between Alex and his girlfriend and all of that, that was less interesting for you. Well, no, I mean, I, I could feel for her. I mean, she did meet him at a book signing. So it's not like his book. Uh, 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 and Alice's book was like living safely and within your means and not taking risks. <laughs> then she kind of knew what she said, <laughs> didn't she? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of to kind of know what he does, get into it, kind of do that, and then I mean, obviously that's human. So I, you know, I'm not blaming her for that. I'm just kind of, you know, she kind of knew what she was getting into before. Um, but yeah, no, her. Um, I, I thought her. Um, yeah, I mean, she she gave the documentary a, a heart that it might not have had. 
in fact, he probably wouldn't have had it. It would have been far more kind of a technical thing. And um, yes, she gave it the heart that the documentary needed. I'd say if she wasn't in it, it probably wouldn't have been the best picture, best documentary. But that's just me guessing. I kind of think it could have been better without it because <laughs> the thing I got with her was that, you know, she met him, they started dating, they went out and she fell for him, blah, 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 blah. But it's almost like she wanted to change him. That, that, that's the feeling I got right throughout the, the documentary was I want you to stop, I want you to stop. But how do you tell someone to stop doing something that they love? You know, if if because climbing was what he lived for, um, and there was and there, there was a a small um scene in that where one of his friends, one of his climbing friends, passed away and had you know fell from a climbing expedition and, and passed away, um, and it was a wife, a husband and wife team that were that were climbing, and um you know, um Alan turns around and says, well, what did she expect? And that's very poignant because obviously that's his way of thinking as well. It's kind of like he's a climber, you know, he, that's, you know, that's something that's going to happen. You have to accept that that might happen. So, yeah. So I, I think that if it had focused less on the lovey-dovey stuff and more on the technical stuff, yeah, okay, maybe it wouldn't have pulled at the heartstrings, but um i would have liked to have seen more of his psyche more of what he what his process was to get where he was going if that made sense yeah yes it does i i mean i found that alex as single minded as he was he did seem to have a lot of self awareness as well yeah yeah uh, there was one point when he was talking about um like um he was saying girls say i'll miss you and he's like no you won't if i pass away you'll find someone else and then yeah. he stops, he pauses, and he looks at the camera and says, maybe that's a bit callous. <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing, though, because then when, that, when they were doing the CT scans of his brain, because they wanted to know what was different about his brain that made him accept and take those risks climbing free solo. Um, sorry, doing free solo climbing. Um, and then they said there was, like, this little part in was the... Um, hypothalamus or something that was inactive but but he his explanation for that was that maybe he his years of doing what he does he overstimulated that part and that's why mm. you know that doesn't show up it's because he's been kind of he's burnt it out is yeah, that what you're saying yeah 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 i mean his personality is interesting i mean i don't want to go diagnosing him with disorder i know his dad had asperger's i think or he believed that his dad had Asperger's, but oh, okay. that, that that was interesting. That was that was his own diagnosis. Mm. Yeah, okay. And it was uh, quite interesting because his mother said something like, um, "His wasn't father wasn't quite right." <laughs> wasn't quite right, and then they cut to Alex, who says, "I have no recognition of that." Oh no, the mother is saying um, the father um, often put Alex down and called him names, and then they cut to Alex saying, I have no recollection of that. Okay, okay. Which I, I thought was quite interesting. Yeah, didn't they say at, point that, um, at one point that they thought Alex was as, um, had Asperger's as well? Did, did anyone say, I didn't notice anyone saying I, I don't. I didn't notice that, but I mean, there was definitely, 
I mean, there were interesting things that showed his experiences outside of normality. In it's mm. in some ways, um, like he said, I had to teach myself to hug. I didn't know how to hug people till I was twenty-three. Yeah. Or another thing, I introduced myself to vegetables one at a time. Yeah. And again, this was in his early twenties. But it almost kind of like shows you the kind of person he is. He's very specific. He's very calculated in the way he does things. And I suppose you that's what you need if you're going to go free solo climbing, because I mean it is a matter of life and death. So you need to be pedantic and you need to be very specific in what you do. So every movement you do, every every conscious decision you make, it is, you know, very purposeful. Mm, absolutely. And there was an interesting quote um, from his friend, Tommy, who says, um, we specifically talking about um, climbing El Capitan, but um, free solo climbing in general. And he said, imagine an Olympic gold medal achievement where if you don't get that gold medal, you die. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah. yeah. Pretty much Tommy it, was a it? source of good quotes throughout the film. He's kind of a <laughs> gift to documentary filmmakers. It's interesting kind of comparing it to kind of what I've been reading about with kind of Himalaya climbing, where with the Himalayas, it's more about kind of getting the air to be able to get there. It's not really about the actual climbing. Whereas this is kind of like pure technical climbing. I wasn't really, I mean... I'm sure if I'd thought about it, I'd I, I would I, I'd think that it probably existed, but I, I wasn't aware of this kind of free solo climbing sort of stuff. And it, it's very interesting to compare the two kind of styles. Mm. And, and I, I was aware that you could um, climb without ropes. I wasn't aware that it was called free solo. Yeah, I did find the film had like lots of little interesting details. They they crammed in quite a lot here and there. Like um, I liked some. Um, Alex's admission that he made about the same amount of money as a moderately successful dentist. <laughs> I mean, the guy's got a sense of humour and he knows, and he's got like a, he's got a very mature attitude to death, which I think is, yeah, I kind of respected him for that. That's, you know, yeah. quality, not quantity. Yeah. I just thought there's like another funny or, weird bit in the film where he's um with his girlfriend and um he's pointing at the rock and he says do you see the bit that looks like a heart and you think that's going to be the end of it he's just going to say to his girlfriend hey it's a heart and then he's like well the climbing route's to the left of that (laughs) 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 what a tease what a tease she she's probably thinking a heart is going to propose (laughs) oh poor girl I think they are married now, though, aren't they? Are they? Okay. Yeah. Well, I think, oh, well, I think I read that they were. Bad for them. I had to. I had to Google after I started watching. I had to Google him just to make sure I wasn't watching a snuff movie, and you know, because I didn't want. I didn't want. I needed to be prepared if the worst happened. So I, I did. But can can someone just explain one little thing for me? What was what was the deal with the with the guy dressed as a unicorn halfway up? They don't know. Nobody knows. It was just some. You know what? I think it was probably an overnight climber who was just um, resting on that ledge. And you can imagine, you know, mountains get quite cold and windy. So it, it yeah. was. It was. It was probably his his onesie. He probably yeah. slept in it, and he just thought, "Hey, instead of like normal pajamas, I'm going to take a unicorn onesie up with me." 
yeah it's, it's quirky it's quirky but you know I, I i do think he was just a resting climber on the ledge it was just it was so odd because it, it you know he started the climbing as well like, okay it's tense now and then he goes to the floor and then there's this guy just a unicorn coming out of his sleep <laughs> 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 But, but, you know, yeah, but, I like that. I like the film's <laughs> willingness to like leave these little random moments in. I, I, I'd like it if the little out. guy had actually just gone ahead of him and just climbed all the way up and just pissed <laughs> off over the horizon. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just me. <laughs> I appreciate the humour in that though, because that's yeah. something I would do if I was if I, not that I climb, but you know, if you know, I went camping and yeah, you know, yeah. I'd I'd probably take a onesie. <laughs> of some sort. I don't know what I'd go as. Can, you can get onesies as Scooby-Doo. I've seen a Scooby-Doo. Oh, wow. Onesie. Maybe I'll pick up one of those. It's like 40 quid. Hmm. Yeah, you should totally do that. Hey, that's that's the theme for our next um, Geek Sweat photo shoot, Scooby-Doo. Um, can I talk about... Do you know, um, Alex, he reminded me of... Um, you know, in like sci-fi stuff, or uh, I'm thinking like Doctor Who, but I mean, it happens in all sci-fi. You know, when like a, a human gets um, infected by an alien, and you know their eyes go first. Did anyone remind Alex of an of a guy who's been infected by an alien, and his eyes have gone because he had the blackest, brownest, you know, biggest eyes? Did anyone get that? Now you mention it, yeah. Were there any things that you unexpectedly enjoyed about this documentary? Like, for example, for me, I actually unexpectedly enjoyed the very technical parts of it. Like, for example, when they're talking about the various stages on the mountain, free blast, hollow flake, monster off whip, and um, the bit where um, Alex is actually taking you through the process of um, climbing these most difficult points on the mountain, talking about the minute adjustments of his fingers and the techniques. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was the most fascinating bits for me, is kind of how he actually did it. You know, yeah. I, uh, I, I did say, well, I can't really control my legs that well. So to see someone do that, it's kind of, it, it's like, it's almost otherworldly to me. It's kind of, I, I couldn't, like, I can't comprehend how you do that. It's just, I mean, I don't know how it is for you, because right? you both could, if you wanted to, could start climbing. Uh, Not with that I kind of precision, scary. obviously. How scary is that to you? That is pretty scary. Yeah. You know, I, I used to be, like, terrified of heights, and then I took up a job as an AV assistant, and so I was installing theatre lights, and, you know, the you, you know how you're kind of like, you know, yeah. set up fresnels and mini fresnels and spotlights. And stuff. I was doing that, and I was like climbing a ladder, like two stories high. So, um, you know, with a harness and all that. So, I I appreciate that those heights that he was climbing was far far higher than I would ever dare to climb myself. So, kudos for you know just you know the heights that he climbed because I know that I personally couldn't do it. Um, yeah. Because you just lock up. You, you go you go a certain height, you look down, it's like everything just locks up. Um, he didn't mind looking down, which was annoying. <laughs> <laughs> See, being on a, on a plane, it's, it's not so bad because you, you're on solid, you know, a solid base. But you know, I can imagine rock climbing, you know, wrong step, a bit of rubble, a bit of sand, 
you know, I was, I was wondering if maybe they should wait for a day when the wind is blowing really hard into the rock. <laughs> then you can just get up like that with the wind taking them up. <laughs> I don't know if that would make it harder, though, because you're, you're kind of like you're not just dealing with gravity or then also dealing no, with something no. pushing against your back. Or, or I don't know. Can, or put sticky stuff on your shoe. Mm. But I, I think, I mean, for me, like um, what explained his attitude, he talks about um, the difference between risk and consequence. Hmm. So yeah. he said because of his skill, it's a lower risk than it would be for other people. But at, yeah, yeah. at the same time, mm-hmm. it's also an extreme consequence if something mm-hmm. goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then later on, that was another crazy thing when he was explaining the technique. He was um, one of the things he had to do. He said, actually, like, the easiest way to do this would just be to jump from one bit to the next bit. Mm. But to make a jump where if you get it wrong, you die would be crazy. That, that's, that was the bit of the attitude of, like, what, the karate kick. Yeah. Mm. But, like, there's a few options. He could do a kick or he could do an actual jump. Yeah, yeah. And that, that was the bit where they all celebrated and they kind of thought, oh, he might actually do this. Yeah, the idea of jumping without a rope feels completely outrageous, he says. Yeah. And I would agree with that. Yeah, there were a lot of great quotes that um, he said, and um, as I've mentioned a few times, um, Tommy said as well. And it did remind me that documentaries, like however extraordinary the subject are, they are made by people as well. Yeah. And this had both. It had an extraordinary subject, but it also had the human interest, and it had subjects who were able to articulate what they were doing in an interesting way. Yeah, yeah. Um, his mum climbed the mountain. Yeah, that's another nice detail. <laughs> and also, I, I did like the way, like, um, I should probably say the name of the editor, um, but they kind of drip-fed, like, the information throughout. So it didn't feel like it was, like, front-loaded with information. You felt like you were finding stuff out throughout. Just this whole thing of free solo climbing and risk-taking. Like, I, there is a term for it. I can't remember what it's called, but it's um, the, the relationship between risk-taking and men in, um, in a certain age group. So I think it's between the ages of um, 15 and 35. Okay. And it's about, it's about um, how men in that age group are more likely to take risks. And so they're actually the age group um, that are more likely to die from stupid decisions. And this this film kind of like resonates with that because it's kind of like he is in that age group and it's almost like he fulfills the stereotype of male risk-taking. Well, maybe, but then... You'd say, I mean, male risk-taking, you'd say is kind of, I, I think what you were talking about maybe kind of be do about, I mean, he completely planned everything. He knew exactly what he was doing all the time. So so it wasn't, a, a lot of risks men take in that age group are stupid risks, I would think, whereas he kind of put as much thought and planning as possible into it. So it's kind of, not really the same as those sort. I mean, I used to do a thing when I was 17 and I had a car. We had a, like a blind um, junction crossroads thing. Oh, God. Drive across without 
without stopping just to cut. It was, it was like a country road, so it wasn't like it was not a motorway. But we used to do a thing where we just wouldn't look and just go straight across, and it was just completely stupid. But and but he he did all. He, I mean, he's he planned it, and he knew exactly what he was doing, and so it's a different kind of risk, I'd say. That's that. Well, that's definitely the distinction he would make if you asked him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the culmination of the film is the attempt on Al Capitan that um, Alex makes, and it is like the final 20 minutes of the film. How did you find this final sequence, Jay? Was it the uh, appropriate culmination of the documentary for you? Yeah, it was actually, because it was was kind of like, yay, he got there. Fantastic. I'm so glad they didn't have to film their friend dying and plummeting to his death. Um, so yeah, no, it was a big high actually. It was really um there's an element of adrenaline when you're watching him because it's kind of like, is he gonna slip? Is he not gonna slip? Um so it was a it was a good cliffhanger and you know, until he got to the top, really. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. And um Jay, do you feel like um you would um watch more documentaries that are maybe outside of your previous experience after this? Uh Probably, because um, I know you're probably going to fire a few my way. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm working I'm, on some random ones. To- <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'm not adverse to watching documentaries, being in, you know, science and stuff like that. So, um, but, you know, it, uh, these kind of documentaries, it's always kind of nice to know someone's thought process in, in doing something that you would not do yourself. Because it's a nice insight, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and, and that's it what is. documentaries are good for. It's, you know, equipping yourself with the knowledge of knowledge you wouldn't otherwise know. So Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I think this is a really successful documentary because it blends the subject matter with the human interest insight into the characters. And it's, like, technically well made. And it was successful as well. It kind of, um, yeah. like, drew um, the public in. Do you feel like you know his motivation? Do you feel like you know him? Do you think the documentary... I mean, not that a documentary explains someone, but do you you feel like you've got a grasp on what he was after in life? I I think so, as much as he could. See, I I didn't quite get a grasp in terms of what you're saying. What I did get was this is a guy with a plan and a goal. This is how he gets to his goal. Um, so it's, it's, I liked the factual side of things, which is kind of why I kind of watch documentaries for. So, um, I, I find the value in that. Yeah. So a finally, final question, I guess. Um, Stephen, have you seen Green Book? I know that sounds like a random question. No. 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 Um, Jay, have you seen Green Book? You haven't seen it. The no. reason I ask is because Green Book won the Oscar for Best Picture in 2018. And a lot of people thought that was a poor choice for a number of reasons. But do you, could you conceive of a situation where a documentary could have won the Best Picture Oscar instead? And would this have been an appropriate choice? But I, doesn't it, it... The thing is, it has its own kind of category, doesn't it? Because documentaries are filmed in a certain way that are not the same as a 
feature film. Well, I mean, that was my question because the so, Oscars is to some extent, it's like seems to be losing its way or losing its purpose. But at the same time, they could open themselves up. Why is the best picture always an English language feature film? You know, it could be a documentary. It could be an animation. We've already seen a foreign language film win. So they could like open the whole thing up. But they normally have like a best animation film, don't they? I mean, yeah, they do. But then they don't have to like, um, like categorise everything like that. They could say the big prizes for everything. Well, I mean, the problem with that might be that it just takes away. And you know, documentary's got a, has its own category, which is kind of cool. Whereas, like you know, uh, say action films or stuff don't have their own uh, um, category, but uh, documentary does. So it's, that's able to get more documentaries kind of out there and publicise each year. Uh, Whereas if it's just like one documentary nominated for Best Picture each year, you wouldn't get so much exposure for documentaries. Mm. And, I, and I think also documentaries are less likely to engage in um, technology like CGI, if you know what I mean. And you can't compete. I don't think you can compete um, fairly. Um, and so therefore, because you've got different elements of that type of film, you're going to have different avid, um, advantages. And then it's not a fair playing field, which is why documentaries have their yeah. own category. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, that's yeah, my so, my five cents, five p. No, no. no. <laughs> oh, <Makes sense>. I, <laughs> I was just just Go going on. back to a conversation we had very briefly a few weeks ago on how they poop. <laughs> Oh, I think this is what we very much wanted to know. Okay, fill no, us in. Because it was one of the things that popped in my mind as soon as I realised what free solo was. And it's kind of like, okay, so you can be up there for hours. And I know that I need the bathroom every couple of couple of hours. Two, three hours I need the bathroom. But um, So I can imagine, you know, if you're doing a number one, no problem. No. Um, but, you know, you just go over the side and hope no one's underneath. Yeah. But it's like when you come to number twos, it's like, how do they do it? But it, it turns out they've got like a, they've actually got special equipment for it. So, yeah. I mean, like for anyone listening. Did you Google you look, this? I did Google it. I can't remember what it was now, but um, I'm, I'm not going to bore anyone here with the, the, the finer details. I think you can all Google it yourself. <laughs> Boring. Like, this, people are like fascinated now. They're actually leaning in. <laughs> How do you poop when you're climbing a mountain? I, I just use opiates, yeah, just bang up some heroin or what, something. to block you up. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't that yeah, also that... impair your judgment at the same time? I, I'd be really. St- I wouldn't be stressed at all. <laughs> it, it'd be the most stress free. Even if I died, it would still be stress free. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh no, I'm falling. <laughs> yeah, you still that. Uh, well. But how? But oh well. No, because you, yeah, you, 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 you'd just be uncomfortable. You wouldn't be able to concentrate on climbing. I mean, that would that would actually <laughs> almost be the mistake that costs you your life. But but you wouldn't care if you're on heroin. You're not. You, you, you don't. No, no, nothing but is too big to work. No, nothing's big. Anyone who's going to go rock climbing, don't do heroin. Just poo in a bag <laughs> like everyone else. <laughs> And that was a public safety announcement. <laughs> but it's all 
also kind of like you'd have to find a ledge then if you if you want to poop into a bag, right? And 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 that's not always possible if you're if, if you're on the side of the mountain and you're another three hours from reaching some kind of ledge. Just don't eat anything substantial. Well, then but you, you wouldn't need, have enough energy. You'd need the energy, yeah. Yeah, just just drink red some Red Bulls. That can't be healthy. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't. I hadn't really thought about it because I mean, he did the climb. He was. Only, he, it took him four hours to do the climb. I'm. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure he could go out of poo for four hours. I mean, I do most days. <laughs> you can, in theory, but you know, we don't know if he did. Some sometimes when you gotta go, you gotta go, right? Well, yeah, but I mean, there's. Do you think like he had there's... like a, a signal like to his friends who were filming him that he needed to go? <laughs> you know what? He probably did, but uh, w- was he on comms? No, he wasn't. No, no. I think initially he was on comms, but then he he um, pulled out of that one because there was too yeah, much noise and too many people. Yeah. No. It's better not to have the distractions. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. Yeah, that's what I, yeah. Okay, never mind. I'll let you guys look oh, yeah. it up yourselves. <laughs> really? Really? You've, like, piqued our interest now. You're not You're not going to summarise it for us. Well, uh, they call it a poop tube. So you can imagine what a poop a tube. tube does. This is a terrible wow. way to end this. Um, let's <laughs> it isn't poo quickly before we have to wrap up, eh? <laughs> thanks, thanks, Stephen, for yes. raising the bar. <laughs> Much, much needed raising of okay, I, I, I can, but, I can count this. How, how beautiful El Capitan is! What a, oh yeah, oh yeah. Yes, I was going to mention that yeah. earlier as well. well it's, it's not a mountain; it's a rock formation. But yeah, it's so beautiful. I love it. I love my. I've got a big book of mountains I bought earlier this year. Yeah. Some really, oh, yeah. really good scenery. Yeah. So I mean, mm. it couldn't help but look beautiful. You'd have to be a really bad director, I think, <laughs> to to make this look bad somehow. But thankfully, they weren't bad directors. No, 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 very good. That at was, all. That, I wasn't having a go. No, no. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen, for raising the bar. Um, I mean that sincerely, because it's nice to go out on a nice note. Because I always No, 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 don't apologise, because that was also interesting. Well, we, we usually end up in a race to the bottom, but <laughs> <laughs> we're going out on a good note. So that was our inaugural episode of Dom's Docs, and we were discussing the 2018 feature, Free Solo. Joining me today were Stephen. Goodbye. And uh, so, so delighted, so delighted with, with being here. So delighted. Well, thanks. Delighted you could make it. And also joining me today were, was, even, it's not like I'm a grammar teacher, <laughs> Jay. Oh, thanks for having me. <laughs> and I've been King Dom. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs>